Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey there, this is Beth Zawalski-Tobias, also known as The Chalk Girl, and you are listening to a brand new episode of Zero Dark Nerdy. Enjoy! All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Zero Dark Nerdy, the world's most notorious podcast brought to you by Four Saints Brewing out in Asheboro, North Carolina. Great beer for great people. Be sure to check them out. FourSaintsBrewing.com is the website. If you can't make it to Asheboro, check out the website. And if you're in North Carolina, you can see what stores, all their delicious beverages buy. to enjoy. <laughs> to enjoy and buy. This is your boy, Brian, a.k.a. El Nino. And today I'm joined with Ryan Saber, Captain Cleveland, Browns. Don't worry about the bad week we had this week, baby. Browns, Cavs, Guardians, CLE till I die, a.k.a. the Apex Predator. Ah, nice, nice, nice. A couple air horns out there for Captain Saber, Captain Cleveland. And we are going to be talking about the movie just came out this weekend. This episode will be coming out this week. Eternals, the next chapter in the MCU universe, brought to you by Nomadland director, Academy Award winner, Chloe Zhao. So we're going to be going over some uh, overall reactions, uh, some Easter eggs. Obviously, we're going to be talking about the mid and post credit scenes. And then, of course, just our overall grade. So, Saba, why don't you go ahead and start us off on this miraculous episode on Eternals? I, I feel a little bit like Jordan on this one. Shout out to uh, Doodoo Brown. Uh, no notes, right? I think generally we come into these things pretty well prepared. Not to say that we're not prepared. I think you're in the same boat that I am. Yeah. Everything's still fresh. We actually went and saw it together last night. Also, uh, big shout out to Brad Lambert yes. and his boy Soups uh, for... Or the uh, newbie at the beginning. If anybody that goes to see Eternals get there, you know, about 20 minutes early. And, and our boy who's been on the show several times, been on the water cooler, Brad Lambert, they're doing big things for newbie and all that stuff that happens before the movies start. They're, they're on there. So big shout out to uh, Brad Lambert. But it wasn't the best Marvel movie. Right. Okay. I mean, I'll say that, right? Yeah. It's, it's not the best Marvel movie. But I think that it is enjoyable for both Marvel fans and non-Marvel fans. I think one of the things that's sort of uh, a barrier to entry or intimidating for some non-Marvel fans is they're like, well, you know, I haven't seen the last 14 movies, so, you know, I'm not I'm going to go in here and I'm not going to know what's going on. Right. I thought they did a really good job of creating this very Guardians of the Galaxy-esque. And this is the comment I made to Courtney when we were driving home. I said, you know, that felt, it felt a lot, that initial Guardians of the Galaxy movie, even though it was, you know, Gamora was the daughter of Thanos, it was sort of this piece outside of what was happening on Earth with Captain America, Iron Man, all that, right? Well, I think the Eternals is... It is very, very similar. It is a origin story for a whole new, very large group of characters. It's a large scale movie. Uh, it's a long movie. It gets slow at times, but it's more of a 
it's more of a cinematic masterpiece than it is a superhero movie, even though it's a really good superhero movie. Right. The, the visuals, the storytelling. I thought that Chloe Zhao did a, a great job with this. She referred to it as her baby and it was being unveiled to the world this week um, via social media. So, you know, look, it wasn't the best movie, the best Marvel movie, but it was it was a different kind of movie, had a different look, feel, uh, flow to it. Uh, the fight scenes were amazing. You know, there was the visuals, uh, some of the things that, you know, Angelina Jolie's character, Athena, can do, you know, with creating her own weapons. And uh, what's his name? The paper boy from uh, from Atlanta. Um, oh, uh, hold on one second. Um, We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEF50 to receive your bonus. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Oh, yeah, Brian, Brian Tyree Henry. Brian Tyree Henry. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, some of the vi- things that they did visually. Look, it was a really good story. Mm. You know, spoiler alert, there was an interesting twist. Even though I kind of saw it coming, to be honest with you, I kind of had a feeling that it was it was Icarus the whole time that was kind of masterminding the the um, you know the the, the overthrow, awakening. Yeah. the awakening, if you will. But you know. Um, the 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 gal that played uh, CRC uh, uh, Gemma Chan, mm. she's great. She's from um, Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, she okay. plays Astrid, the cousin in Crazy Rich Asians. Uh, she's fucking phenomenal. She's awesome. A great new character. I thought that uh, old boy from uh, the Bollywood dude. Um, oh, Kigo, yeah. Kingo. Uh, yeah, Kingo, uh, Kamal Najani. Kamal Najani from uh, Silicon Valley. He was fucking great. Look, the cast was really, really good. Everybody was cast really well. I think they did a good job of uh, holding true. We know this. Anybody that listens to this podcast has been following us for a long time. I'm not the comic book guy. Jerry and Matt and Jordan and even Brian to a certain degree. Those are the comic book guys. Yeah, right. I mean, I think you're closer to where I'm at than where those guys are. <laughs> right, right. I'm the movie guy. Like, yeah. I am a movie guy, even though, you know, those guys are too. Look, this isn't, it's not a competition. All right. I'm simply saying is that I I didn't read the comics, but I went back, um, you know, and did some, some pre-movie, uh, you know, who's who and the Eternals and, and all those kinds of things. Uh, Kit Harrington, you know, obviously... Is Dane Whitman in this movie? He's not who he, you know, the character that Dane Whitman becomes, which is the, which is the black Knight. But I thought that Kit Harrington was great. And uh, two things, two things I'll leave you with Kit Harrington. First time Kit Harrington and Richard Madden were on the same screen together since they left. And he went to uh, go become part of the night's watch. Yeah. Went to the game of Thrones. 
you know, they kind of came back together, standing face to face. Very, very similar to uh, Game of Thrones. And I thought just the problem is when you see Kit Harrington on screen and he talks, he is Jon Snow. Yeah. And it was very odd to me where he was like, I love you, Cersei, <laughs> you know, because in Game of Thrones, like Cersei's like the one that he's against. And, yeah. you know, just kept when I see this is the first thing he's really been in since Game of Thrones. Right. I just kept in my mind, like, you'll always be my queen and kind of killing um, Daenerys. I don't know. It's just anybody who's a Game of Thrones fan will will sort of um, their minds will go back to him being Jon Snow. It's going to take a little bit for me to get over that mental hurdle. But yeah. love Richard Madden, even though, he, you know, he was sort of the, the, the villain of the film, one of the villains of the film, uh, more of a... Um, you know, like a good guy. Yeah, there was there was a turn there, right? Yeah. Uh, he turned heel to use a you know like a wrestling professional wrestling, but you know he he was he's a really cool character. They were all really cool. They all had really good um, you know abilities. And I will say, I actually probably my favorite character in the movie outside of uh, Cersei uh, is the deaf. The uh, the very fast girl. I don't know. I don't know her name. Oh yeah, Lauren Lauren Ridloff. Lauren Ridloff. Whatever her character is in the in the show or in the movie, I don't I don't know. She was. was I thought she was very very important. Uh, very uh, critical to the story. I, I really liked her. I liked her vibe. I liked that little love story she had going on with. Oh boy, that could compel people and do mind control. Druig, I think his name yep, is. Druig. Yep. Uh, you know, I liked that whole thing. A lot of comic relief in it. I mean, it was serious content, but they did a good job of keeping it sort of funny and lighthearted. Look, it was a good movie. I, I've just gone on for about ten minutes on on everything. I would say, look, all said and all said and done, I would give it a B. I would give it. No, we're doing many, coins, coins, right? Mm-hmm. It's 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 through five coins, right? I give it four, four coins. Wow. Okay. All right. I forgot which one was the coin button here. There it is. <laughs> so four coins from Saba. Not the best. Yeah. Not the worst. Yeah. Certainly better than the Rotten Tomatoes score that it got. Okay. I'm really not even sure what's really driving that Rotten Tomatoes score. Uh, not the best, not the worst, not a traditional Marvel movie. Very, uh, it's it's more of a cinematic masterpiece. I could see it definitely winning some Academy Awards for costume and cinematography and in in all that, you know. And um, I think it's it's a easy movie for non Marvel fans if they're just going to watch one Marvel movie to sit there and 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 really enjoy. So my take the high octane thriller ida red starring josh hartnett frank grillo and melissa leo is now streaming on Redbox. crime boss ida red walker turns to her son to pull off one last heist to get out of prison but with the fbi closing in her son must choose between family and freedom stream ida red instantly on Redbox on demand today rated r from paramount pictures hey i mean honestly those are some some great takes there I definitely agree with the fact that if if people are intimidated because they have not seen the Infinity Saga 
Uh, you know, why even start watching now? It's like people that want to get into watching shows like Supernatural that are 15 seasons long and 20 episodes and each episode is an hour long. Uh, you can definitely dive into this and and kind of see what's coming up in the next stage, which a lot of them are. I hate to use this term like obscure, but they're not these big name characters. You know, we're not seeing the Captain Americas. We're not seeing the Iron Man. You know, we're seeing Eternals. And then just like you mentioned, the Black Knight, which is not the most popular character in comic book history. And yes, we all know that Marvel and Disney purchased Fox. So eventually we will get those tie-ins that everyone's dying for, for the Fantastic Four. And I think that's a lot of it is people are like, okay, all right, cool. Like, yes, uh, Eternals is great, but can we hurry up and get to Dr. Doom? Can we get the Fantastic Four, all this stuff? That's going to take time. These movies have already been made, planned out for a while now before Disney even had the rights, uh, before they even bought Fox Studios. So with that being said, I, uh, I agree with Sabo 100%. I thought the performances was, were great. Visually, this is a fantastic film. I really enjoyed a lot of the history tie-ins that were in the movie. Uh, the, the, you know, just a little backstory. Obviously, you know, spoilers ahead. And if you haven't watched it, please go out and watch it. Uh, they've been around for 5,000 years, I think it is, on Earth. So you see Icarus, which is kind of a spinoff of the Icarus story where he flies too close to the sun and his wings burn off and comes back to Earth, which ends up being a joke by uh, a Sprite, which played by Leah McHugh, which which she's fantastic. And then uh, Athena, which is played by Angelina Jolie, she's referred to as Athena, the goddess of war, a lot. And it's because of her fighting abilities and fighting powers. So that was really cool seeing those historical elements thrown in. And for those of you that don't know the backstory on Eternals, it does stay true to the uh, comics because you're probably asking yourself, well, if they've been around for 5,000 years. Why didn't they prevent Ultron? Why didn't they help with Thanos, this, that, and the other? They were you know, tasked to help pretty much the world just continue population, not to interfere with conflicts, to uh, let people do what they do, just help out a little bit but not to interfere with conflicts. And then as the movie goes on, you start to see those rifts, in particular with uh, the uh, Barry Ke uh, Keegan, I believe it is, who played Druig. He, you might have known him from Dunkirk. Uh, he's in The Green Knight, Killing of a Sacred Deer. Great, great actor. He is kind of the first ones that really starts taking offense to it. It's like, look, we can't just stand back and see these people just, you know, genocide, massacre each other, whatever it may be. So, um, you know, as far as favorite performances, I got to say, we mentioned it earlier, uh, Kamal, Johnny, I thought he stole the show as Kingo. Definitely the comic relief. If you're going to compare it to Guardians, he's definitely more that Star-Lord kind of character. And I will say this, like, dude got totally fucking jacked for this role. I saw him on the cover of Men's Health a couple months ago as I was flying out. That's pretty much the only time I ever look at magazines is as I'm going to get on an airplane. I usually buy one or two and got completely ripped for this movie so congrats to him but i mean he was fantastic and i gotta give a shout out to his boy played uh the character kuran uh played by harish patel known as known as his butler <laughs> kind of like his alfred so uh, i mean he definitely provided great comic relief the only thing i didn't like was that he was not in that final battle i understand why he walked off but i was expecting him at some point to show up in the final battle and he never did. So that really is my main gripe with the film. Is this a great MCU movie? Like, am I going to go back to the theaters to watch it? No, no. you know, I'll, I'll watch it again when it comes on TV, probably, you know, besides that, 
that that's that's kind of my my take on the film. I will give it. I'm gonna be a little less nice than Sabo was. I know he gave it four coins. I'm only gonna give it three. Again, the visuals were great. I thought Chloe Zhao did a hell of a job shooting this movie. It is a good film, especially if you uh, have not followed the Infinity Saga and if you are intimidated and want to learn more. Because, I mean, I will say this. MCU does a good job of bringing in these characters that aren't the most popular, you know, highest grossing comic books of all time. But when they do, all of a sudden these comic books go through the roof. I mean, first appearance of... And we'll get it. Well, actually, we'll get into that a little bit as far as post and mid-credit scenes. But you start seeing these first appearance comics, Black Knight, things like that. They start, you know, mint condition. They go from five hundred dollars to like five thousand dollars. So they 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 continue to do a good job to staying through, you know, staying true for the most part for the comics. I will say, um, you know, as far as just a kind of a, a couple Easter eggs on there, and say, but you know, please feel free to chime in. The one thing that I, I I think that we all caught during this movie is this is kind of the, not even kind of, it's really the first mention of anything DC in the MCU. We had the comparisons to Batman and Alfred, which is Kingo and, and his butler, Karan. And then uh, Richard Madsen's character, Icarus, is compared to Superman. So you see that the DC universe does reside you know in the mcu i'm not saying there's going to be a crossover film but it definitely exists and then we actually get to see a star wars comic book with the uh the son of brian tyree henry who plays fastos uh having that in there too so you start to see other kind of disney platforms in there to me this was honestly almost kind of like not an mcu movie it almost felt like you know how and I'm not comparing this to Rogue One, so please, fanboys and fangirls, don't go crazy out there, how Rogue One is a Star Wars story. To me, this was like Eternals, a Marvel story. You know, that's just kind of my take on it. A couple more Easter eggs out there, but say, but let me get some feedback from you because I feel like I've been rambling on myself over here for about five, ten minutes. No, I I think that's a good a good, a good um reference there with 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 Rogue One the only thing I would say is all the characters in Rogue One never made another appearance right right Right. like these guys are going to be tied in like they're going to be tied in uh and and I really like what they've done you know this year with the MCU obviously you got all the stuff on TV but you have the movies as well so they sort of wrapped up the Infinity Saga with Black Widow. And then they've done a really good job of with these two new groups of characters with the Shang-Chi group, mm-hmm. connecting it sort of to Doctor Strange and, and Wanda and, and probably Spider-Man and what's going to happen off on that branch of the MCU coming. And with the Eternals... And, you know, we'll talk more about it here in a minute. I think they've connected it to Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor and some of the other stuff that's, you know, in another character that we'll talk about in a minute that's yeah. going to happen in, in this branch. So not only have they done a really good job of introducing these new lesser known groups of characters, but they've also hitched their horse to establish characters, wagons and storylines and things like that, that I think is going to be really good to sort of 
getting them implemented into the bigger picture, the bigger scope of the MCU. So look, this movie is not going to be for everybody. You know, it, it, like I said, it's slow at times, you know, it's not just sort of your standard, um, you know, winter soldier or whatever, when it's just action from the beginning to the end, you know? So, you know, I just, you got to curb expectations. Um, But I think if you go into it with an open mind and, and, you know, you, I, I, I think most people will enjoy it as long as they're not expecting it to be an Iron Man movie. Yeah. Agreed. You know, it's something, it's something different. And honestly, I think that we've talked about this on prior episodes before. To me, this is the exciting thing about this new phase is it's a lot of uncertainty. We don't know what directions they're going and a lot of characters that we don't know much about. So it's exciting to see how they're going to tie it in with the characters that we already know and love that have, you know, stayed on, survived the Thanos snap and have been back and done all that. And it's uh, it, it's going to be exciting and seeing then of course, down the road when they do start implementing some of the bigger players that they got over from Fox. So uh, with that being said, oh, and, and oh, don't forget when because the Russos are already rumored to be doing a secret wars. So 10 years from now, when Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans are fucking back, <laughs> back you know, now you're going to have just it's, it's going to be that grand, large scale yeah. uh, craziness that you have from some of those, you know, arcs. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, one of my favorite comics and the thing that, that, that's different that a lot of people don't understand is the Infinity War comics are different than the Infinity War movie. The Infinity War movie is based more on the Infinity Gauntlet comic book series. And then there is the Infinity War, and I, I'm lucky enough to have the comic book for it. You see it. It's actually front and back. So when you open it up, it is a massive, massive just display of comic book characters. I mean, you got Wolverine, you got everybody under the sun. Not saying that there's going to be another Infinity War, but as you mentioned, Secret Wars, that is going to be hopefully on a on a huge, huge epic proportion of scale. And, you know, especially with all the characters that they're now getting in from Fox. So um, with that being said, you know, let's get to the po- uh, the mid and post credit scenes. I got to say, Saba and I had a hard time hearing the mid credit scene because I had a hard time hearing it because Brian was screaming <laughs> with the with all the girls in the front. Yeah. So apparently and I was talking to my daughter on the phone last night because uh, she's a big fan of, of Chloe Zhao. And and Nomad Land, and we were talking about it a little bit, and I said, "Well, listen, you know, we're we're trying to hear the mid credit scene, and before we get into the person that shows up, I I was literally expecting Thor at that because it kind of looked like almost the the not not the Rainbow Bridge, whatever you call it, the uh, the permafrost, the permafrost. I, I was expecting Thor, so when we actually get to see uh, the character Eros." No, not before Arrows, though. Uh, oh, Pip. Pip the Troll. Pip the Troll voiced by Patton Oswalt. I mean, you can't mistake that voice from from anything. Uh, I was like, okay, this is interesting. That but he was animated. Out. Yeah. But it's still. And, it's still and I'm involved. like, what the fuck is this, man? And I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> the and then we hear, we hear this bustle happening yeah. up yeah. in the front, like a few rows down. And I'm like, what the fuck is oh, going yeah. on? 
Oh, yeah. They, they started going nuts because the thing about Pip the Troll that's interesting, he does have ties to Adam Warlock, which we have confirmation yes. now. I don't have uh, the guy's name, but he was in uh, the Jason Sudeikis movie. I can't think. Of he was in, he was in um, the Maze Runner uh, series. Yeah. Um, he was in um, We Are the Millers. Yeah, we're the Millers. That's it. That's it. Can't think of his name, but he is now confirmed for that role. He does have ties. To it's Adam Will. He's just Will really Poulter. Incredible. Will Poulter. Will Poulter, who is going to be playing Adam Warlock. And then uh, then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Harry Styles appears. Fucking Mr. Watermelon Sugar himself. (laughs) The whole front row went crazy and saved including last night. Including Brian Hernandez. (laughs) I heard him. Have you guys watched anybody who's seen like Michael Jackson from the 80s where like women are passing out and they're taking them out on stretchers or like Beatlemania? Like that was Behern when Harry Styles walked on screen. I did. He actually had to slap me for the post credit scene to wake me up from my my fantasy. <laughs> so as as the girls are screaming, it was hard for us to hear what was but going on. But hear what out. the fuck? All I heard is brother of Thanos. Yeah. And I'm like, and then the fucking you know he's coming in. So it's like a silhouette, like you said, yeah. and he's getting introduced. And I hear brother of Thanos. You know, young ladies, you know, they, they, first of all, they weren't that fucking young. Okay. They were like in their like twenties for Christ's sake. Right. But you could tell and, they watched the whole entire movie just yes. for that scene. And that was the comment that I made, right. Yeah. I, as we were walking out, I'm like, I'm pretty fucking sure that those girls just sat through a fucking two hour and 45 minute movie just to see Harry Styles. Yep. Yep. So getting back to my conversation, my daughters and she's, yeah, you know, anyone that that knows my daughter, she's not a big fan of like relevant pop artists. She goes, "Yeah, I read something about that, and you know, I I don't really give a shit." <laughs> so, big shout outs to Jordan for for keeping it real. So, apparently, it obviously was leaked uh, the last few weeks that Harry Styles was going to be making an appearance in the post credit scene as Arrow. Thanos' brother, Star Fox, is his comic book name. That comic book now, uh, I think it's Avengers number fifty four. The value on that has gone through the roof. And there's, you know, there's a couple things on that that I, that I was reading into. Um, you know, a big chunk of the older comics seems like they, it, it's a hard story to kind of go through. But in terms of this, Eros is coming to the MCU to, to introduce a certain degree of closure for the larger Infinity Saga and provide a way for characters like She-Hulk coming to Disney+. Plus to play a significant role in MCU's like next chapters. So, uh, you know, is he going to get us in a movie? Probably. I mean, it's Harry Styles and obviously he's got that 18 to 25. I could see him actually getting a Disney plus show, to be honest with you. I, you know what? I agree with that. That feels like a Disney plus character to me. Yeah. You know what? I'm glad you said that because I, I would agree with that way more than, than an actual film, a a single character. Mm -hmm. That's not, a core core Marvel character, in my opinion, like even like Shang-Chi, like that to me is about as far outside of the realm of core that it's going to be for anybody that's getting like, you would think like Hawkeye didn't even get a fucking movie. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, this definitely ties the Adam Warlock. Like I said, these, this this is going to tie the Eternals to to Adam Warlock. It's going to tie to the Guardians of the Galaxy and, and I guess kind of what remains of the Guardians of the Galaxy. It sounds to me like after Guardians 3, 
you're probably getting Star-Lord, Peter Quill. That's it. Moving forward, it doesn't sound like the rest of these characters are going to be part of the MCU. You know, so according to reports, it looks like it's going to be Sean Gunn's possibly last film. I mean, we all know money talks. And the reason a lot of those characters stuck around is because of him. Yeah. We do part three in the first place. So it is going to be interesting to see because going back to Star Fox, when he appears, it is uh, we're left with. Uh, three of the Eternals as they're trying to search for for more. And he says he knows where the rest of their friends are at. So it's going to be interesting to see that. And I do want to say, I meant to mention this earlier with the, with the uh, characters. Uh, Laura Ridloff, who is just fantastic as the speedster. She actually, for those of you that don't know her, I was first introduced to her in one of the later seasons of The Walking Dead. And then I saw her again in The Sound of Metal. She actually is a deaf actress. Yeah, she's deaf in real yeah, life, right? And uh, is, is just fantastic and, and, and a revelation. So yeah, it's great. I meant to mention that earlier. Completely uh, just slipped my mind. But I, I thought she was great. Again, along with the rest of the cast, the performances were fantastic. So minus the mid-credit scene, I was super, super excited about the post-credit scene. Sabo, why don't you just kind of give us a little bit of an intro, and then we'll just kind of go from there. I want to say for the record, I knew nothing about these, these, I'm, I'm really, I don't even, I'm not even really watching Marvel previews anymore. Uh, I'm sort of the way that Kleiber is about Transformers, like Kleiber, our friend, Jonathan Kleiber, shout out to Kleiber. He's a huge Transformers fan. Won't even watch the, the, the uh, previews, the trailers when they come out, I'm getting to that space now. So I don't do a lot of research. I avoid a lot of spoilers. So when this happened, I made a comment in the, in the post credit scene, the second one at the very end, I made a comment to be her and actually through research, I ended up being right, which yep. is surprising. So after you get the mid credit scene, it goes to just sort of the traditional role. Cause we all know Marvel fans that Marvel does a really good job with their credits of, you know, being very visually appealing and good music and all that. So it goes to sort of your traditional role and then it ends credit role and then it ends. And you've got uh, Kit Harrington, the, the Dane Whitman character in an office and let's go back. So at the very end of the movie, before Gemma Chan gets pulled into space or whatever by um, one of the celestials, the main celestial, He's saying, you know, my family has a complicated history as well. So there's something going on there, but she gets pulled away and he doesn't have a chance to kind of talk about it. So he's in this office, presumably at the university or whatever, because he's a history teacher. He there's this box sitting there. He sort of comes up to the box and takes the lock off of it. It's a long box, almost looks like a guitar box or something like that steps back, kind of talks to himself and says, all right, you know, you can do this. Walks up, opens it up. It's a sword, which as we know of fans who have certainly been involved or have done the research afterwards, it it is, they don't ever say it's the ebony blade, but it is the ebony blade, which basically is what makes the black Knight The black Knight Mm -hmm. gives the black Knight his power. It's wrapped up. It's it's you can see sort of like energy or something coming off of it. And he puts his hand close to the ebony blade and there's like this black material or whatever that starts to come off it and it's vibrating. And then you hear this voice that says, are you sure you're ready to do that, Mr. Whitman? And it's a very deep, distinct 
voice mm-hmm. and it cuts to black and it says, you know, the Eternals will return. I looked at Bihar and I said, is that Mahershala? I said, is that Mahershala Ali? Yeah. And for those of you that know, Mahershala is going to play Blade. Now, when you're sitting there in the movie, I mean, obviously I wanted it to be Mahershala Ali. It could have been Samuel L. Jackson. It could have been Nick Fury. It could have been the watcher who's played by Jeffrey Wright. That's what that was going to be my second guess. It could have been Benedict Cumberbatch, right? Like that could have been Dr. Strange because Strange has a very deep and distinct voice as well. So I go home and I, you know, I, I, I put whose voice in Google and it automatically goes to whose voice is at the end of the Eternals. Like yeah. that is the first thing. Hit it. And then obviously uh, the director, Chloe Zhao, got out in front of it and she put out a statement yesterday, I think, or even mm-hmm. Thursday. Yeah. And she said, you know, confirming that it is Mahershala Ali that was Blade's voice. So Blade has made his uh, his entrance into the MCU officially. Yeah. I was I was definitely more pumped for the post credit scene. Not saying I'm a huge Black Knight fan. Honestly, the most research I've ever done on him has been in the last week leading up to Eternals. It's not like I was collecting Black Knight comic books or anything like that. I was definitely doing some more research on the background. I did find it interesting when Cersei, and, again, and to Saba's point too, I put this in the article I posted. Uh, that we posted on the website, you know, whose voice is at the end of the post credit scene. I thought it was so weird as well. Hearing Kit Harrington, Jon Snow saying that he loves someone named Cersei. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just the inherent game of throne fan in me. Yep. So with that being said, um, it was, it was just so cool, you know, to see him open up the, the this case, like you said, it looked kind of like a guitar case, the sword. You could tell it's from like medieval times or whatever, but I did think it was interesting when Cersei did tell him, Hey, listen, make amends with your uncle while you still have time. So as I was doing research, um, his uncle actually is the evil version of the Black Knight, where in the comic books, Dane is the good version of the Black Knight. So that's when, when she comes back towards the end of the movie, and he's like, listen, I ended up learning that I have an interesting background as well. And then that's when the Celestial shows up, takes the three remaining on Earth, tells them that they fucked up, but he's going to figure out what to do with them. And then, you know, we go to the post credit scene. So, so, yeah, it was exciting to see Saba called it. It definitely sounded like Mahersala. I was definitely going to say it was either Mahersala or uh, Jeffrey Wright, right, I believe. The Watcher. Yeah. Who plays the Watcher on the What If series. And we have that podcast episode coming out the week after as well for that review. And it, I tell you what, man, it, it was so cool. I mean, would it have been great to have seen him? Yeah, but I like that they left a little bit more up to the imagination. Uh, the vampires have definitely been tied to the Ebony Blade before, so it yeah. makes sense. And it could make sense for the Black Knight to show up in the Blade feature, which is rumored to come out late next year. So before we get a full Black Knight movie, if that is the way they're going, or him showing up in, in Eternals 2, we could more than likely see him in the next Blade movie. So, uh, yeah, yeah, incredibly excited about that. Great to see Kit Harrington back doing some awesome shit, wielding a sword. Did you talk to, did you, <laughs> you talk to Jordan about it? Has Jordan seen the movie, Jordan Brown? No, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's in Orlando this weekend. So he's, he's going to Disneyland. He's going to Epcot Center. He's doing Universal. He's doing all that shit. You know, he's got to do it. He's got to do his Orlando trip like two or three times a year. Yeah. 
I highly doubt so he, he's going to the movies. <laughs> he's the he's the resident Blade lover. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I mean, let's yeah. face it, Blade was really the first Marvel character. Yeah, to blow up on screen. I mean, we've seen him before. Dolph Lundgren played the Punisher back in the late eighties. We we've seen other variations of it. There was a very terrible Captain America movie made back then, but I mean, Blade was the first real Marvel character to have a successful. I don't want to say franchise, you know, by two and definitely by three, it dropped off, but a great, great first film. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how they incorporate the whole Daywalker, how, how they incorporate blade into this. Like you've got these, you've got the two sort of sword wielding characters in the Black Knight and Blade. Obviously, there's a third sword wielding character as well. Deadpool would be interesting to see if they could somehow incorporate the three of them. But to your point, you know, the Ebony Blade and, and his ancestor, Sir, whatever, you know, that, that blade had been utilized to kill vampires in the in the you know back in time. So, you know, it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see. You know, this is um I think all these movies, to some degree, are going to introduce some new component yeah. for a while, right? Like, who knows what's going to happen in Spider-Man? I don't know, because, you know, we'll see what happens. Spider-Man comes out later this year, but there's going to be new components introduced, uh, you know, all the way down the road. You know, they to your point, they still have to introduce Fantastic Four. They still have to introduce um you know the x-men and how how they do that you know it's going to be interesting uh so man it's you know it's fun it's fun you know and oh by the way the movies are still good so you know until until they fall off from a quality standpoint this fucking train dude it's just going to keep rolling and even after they fall off from a quality standpoint the momentum's going to carry them for a couple years so luckily we're still not we're, we're, we're not, we're still in the place where they're still really focused and dedicated on making really good movies. Agreed. Agreed. We're definitely not in the decline phase of the MCU. And uh, last little bit, little backstory on the Ebony Blade. It was originally forged by Merlin from the metal of a meteorite. It grants uh, its wielder a variety of enhanced abilities and uh, resistance to enchantments, but it's also a finicky little bitch as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of goes back and forth a little bit moving forward. So even though the Black Knight is not this super popular character, we've all seen it with the MCU, especially with Guardians of the Galaxies or Guardians of the Galaxy. They have a great way of introducing us to characters that we may not have known too much or really anything about and having us having us just really, really cheer for them and pull. Yeah, I mean, Ant-Man, I think Ant-Man's another really, really good example you know, I, I love what Paul Rudd and, and what Michael Douglas and those guys have done with that that movie series. Obviously, another Ant-Man movie coming out. Right. So they've gotten three of those. They've gotten three Guardians. And these are very unknown. Right. You know, characters in the MCU. So it shows if you get good actors, if you have good stories and you're able to effectively and seamlessly tie it back to the main storyline, the main arc, whatever's happening at the time. It, it really doesn't matter who the characters are. It can be successful. Agreed. 
Agreed. Well, listen, that's going to wrap it up for us on our review of Eternals. Please be sure to reach out to us on our website. We'd love to get some feedback from you, thoughts, reactions. What did you think about the movie, mid-credit scenes, post-credit scenes? To those fangirls at the 7 o'clock Regal Cinema showing yesterday, <laughs> thank you for not letting us hear anything. So now I have to rewatch the mid-credit scene. Luckily, it's on YouTube now. But uh, we'd love to hear your feedback as well because obviously you were literally sitting through a two-hour, 45-minute movie just to see Harry Styles. But uh, as always, big shout-outs to our sponsors out there, Zipster, for helping us create our amazing website, which is popculturepodcast.com. Of course, Andrew Newman, attorney at law, the best damn civil traffic and criminal lawyer in all of the Carolinas. You can find him at attorneynewman.com, betonline.ag for all your sports betting needs. And of course, the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Be sure to check out Luke and Saba on the water cooler. New episodes out every single week. And we will catch you next time. Let me say something about that. Let me say something about that. Last month, October was the water cooler's biggest month yet. Slightly edging out April of this year. We want to thank all of our new listeners, all the listeners that have been there from day one. Uh, you know, you guys are why we do this each and every week. We like giving you guys, whether it's pop culture information or, or sports information, information so by all means you know keep giving us feedback brian said it we love the feedback at wc sports pod facebook twitter instagram like follow and subscribe and let us know what you guys want to hear from us and uh, we'll keep rolling out really good content for you each and every week there you go we're here for you everybody and you know again let's check out the water cooler for those of you in and around greensboro north carolina April 20, I'm sorry, April, November 20th, Saturday night from 8 to 11, we are hosting a fundraiser for our very own Nicole. She unfortunately found out that she has breast cancer, so she is under- Ill mama. Uh, Ill mama. She is undergoing some chemo treatment, so we want to help her out with her medical bills as much as possible. We got the guys from MVP Elite Breakers donating some awesome autograph materials, uh, helmets, jerseys, all that fun stuff. Uh, Rihanna and the crew from Municipal are sending over some hoodies, some sweatpants, all kinds of awesome stuff. Speaking of Municipal, this is a Municipal shirt I'm rocking, rocking right now. The most comfortable clothes on the planet. But back to Nicole, uh, ill mama, great friend, wonderful mom, just an awesome, awesome person. If you could make it, again, it's going to be at the Corner Bar, November 20th, Saturday, from 8 to 11. Come hang out with us. We're going to be donating. Well, not donating. We're going to be raffling off a lot of stuff to help her with her medical bills. Nicole, we love you, baby. Can't wait to have you back on the show. And uh, we'll see you all next time. Be ready to buy raffle tickets if you come to the corner bar because I'm selling them. And last time when we did this for Matt, we sold out in like two hours. We're going to sell out in, in, in an hour and a half this time. So come there, come early and get ready to buy tickets and win all the great shit. We love you, Nicole. There you go. We'll see you next time, everybody. Peace. Peace. And anger management? Fuck anger management. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.